And Frank, how do you see Trez in ideal lineups to, you know, when another team has a big like Aiden or if they go small, as you mentioned with Sharj, or what do you think is the, the best way to utilize him on both sides of the floor? Yeah, well, he's a terrific player on both sides of the ball. You know, he, he matches up well with bigs. And, um, you know, obviously when the team, teams play smaller lineups, um, you have to you have to choose that battle. Are you going to try to punish them on the offensive end with his roles and post-ups, or are you, you going to try to, uh, and, and try to minimize the three three ball, uh, you know, which is a, a big concern against this opponent. Um, you know, where are you going to go small? You know, those are the tough decisions you have to make throughout the, the course of a season. And, um, you know, this one didn't work out for us tonight. What's up, L.A. basketball fans? This is the L.A. Courtside Podcast brought to you by the Basketball Podcast Network, and I am your host, L.A. Ray. I want to open this first segment up talking about the game that just ended between the Phoenix Suns and your Los Angeles Lakers in which the Suns recorded a 114-104 victory over the Lakers. And the clip that you just heard from Coach Frank Vogel is what I want to touch on in this first segment here uh, where the question came up about Montrezl Harrell as far as why he wasn't in the game uh, toward the end of the fourth quarter uh, where the Lakers seemed like they were struggling to make shots. Uh, On Twitter last night, there was a lot of vitriol going towards Mr. Vogel or Coach Vogel as to his player rotations and basically questioning why he was doing what he was doing. And I kind of agree with some of the Twitter posts that I was seeing uh, after this particular game was over with. But talking about Montrez Harrell, he only played 19 minutes and was two or four from the field for six points, made a couple of free throws. But as the music clip of DMX was also a clip that you just heard, uh, where he says, y'all going to make me lose my mind up in here, up in here. think that clip was uh, is appropriate for this particular segment. And when we're talking about Mr. Vogel here, I do not understand what was going on last night with his player rotation because toward the end of the game, he had uh, KCP in the game, and uh, KCP played a total of 31 minutes. In that game, he was only one of seven from the field, 0 of five from three piece land, only scored four points. And again, KCP played 31 minutes in this game. And also, Wes Matthews, who, again, somebody needs to tell me what his role is on this team because I still haven't been able to figure that out yet. He was virtually non existent. In this game, 23 minutes, 0 of 2 from the field, 0 of 1 from three-piece land, zero points. Um, His defense was, I mean, I don't know, did any of you see him locked down on anybody on defense? I surely didn't. You know, I ask people all the time, especially on Twitter, what is this guy's role? I mean, what's Matthews? What's his role on this team? 
Well, he's a, 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 a three and D wing, meaning he can shoot some threes and go back and play some D. Haven't seen any of that. And, and I definitely did not see that last night. So according to Vogel on the clip that you just heard, he wanted to go small because Phoenix was going small. And going back to Trez, you know, he said Trez can pretty much what he wanted to say was Trez can pretty much play against bigs or smalls. Okay. If it's a big Trez, you know, he's, he's a tough guy. He can hang in there with some of the big guys. You know, he's not the tallest guy, but he's very tough. He can hang in there. And what he wanted to say was against some smalls. Uh, if some team goes small, Harold can, can hold his own there as well. You know, you have to, you have to uh, worry about the three point shot. And he mentioned about the Phoenix Suns being uh, uh, a pretty good three-point shooting team. You know, they're not the best three-point shooting team. They're not the worst either. Uh, they had a pretty good night tonight as far as shooting a three. But on the offensive end, you got nothing. Zero from KCP. You got zero from Wes Matthews. And when I say zero, I mean like KCP, he scored four points, but pretty much you didn't get anything from him. Nothing from Matthews. If, you wanna, if you're going to go small, you know, Taylor Horton Tucker is not is not like he's 6'10", 6'11". He only played 19 minutes, but he scored 16 points. But, you know, down the stretch, you had KCP and Wes Matthews in this game. I'd have, I'd have preferred to have THT in the game. You know, he was playing better than the other two guys that we just mentioned. And, and Harrell, again, you know, he can at least post up the smaller players you know, and try to draw some fouls. You were not getting any offense from these other two guys. And then Jones only played seven minutes and scored four points. Damian Jones. Uh, you could have had him in the game as well. And Jared Dudley, God bless him, 11 minutes. He didn't score any points. Uh, yeah, played pretty good defense, but the guy looks like he's out of shape and doesn't even belong in the league. That's just my opinion on that. So I'm not sure where Frank Vogel was going. All I know is the the fans, at least on Twitter, were getting kind of tired of his uh, player rotations. Now, I will say this, you know, for myself and, and all the fans out there, Frank Vogel has probably forgotten more about basketball than we probably know. You know, the guy did win a championship last year. Let's not forget that. You know, the guy is a is a is a good coach, but. I don't know what was going on last night. It, you know, it seemed like he was playing chess out there, trying to move the the bishops and the rooks and the knights and the queens around to different spots on the chessboard instead of just looking at the game with his eyes and knowing that you're not getting anything from a couple of players and it just wasn't working out and you should put a, a couple more guys in there who um, who could have put you over the top to win that game. And again, you know, the Lakers were, you know, they were injured. You know, you didn't have Kuzma. Of course, you don't have um, you don't have AD out there as well. So it was it was going to be a tough sell from the very beginning to beat a very good uh, Phoenix Suns team. But Devin Booker, you know, their best player got ejected from the game. Uh, and at that point, everyone's thinking, well, Lakers are going to win this game. You know, Devin Booker got kicked out of the game. And, you know, maybe we'll talk about the rest, you know, on another day, man, because they were horrible in this particular game. The rest were atrocious in this game. Horrible. But after Booker got kicked out the game, you know, it's like, okay, man, it was, we're about to take this game. But the Phoenix Suns, you know, they hung in there. 
you know, despite the, the calls, bad calls on both sides, you know, Dario Sharik, Sharik, man, 21 points. That guy, 21 points, 7 out of 17 from the field. No way you can let him get off like that, man. One of his best games of the year. And Booker scored 17 before he left the game. Uh, DeAndre Ayton, he scored 17 points in 25 minutes. 17, I'm sorry, 7 out of 14 from the field. And, and does this guy look like he's 41 instead of 21, whatever he is? He's a real old-looking guy. But he played a pretty good game last night. Uh, Mikael Bridges, 19 points, and Jameson Crowder, 15. But, you know, going back to the Lakers, man, they this is a game if Vogel would have, you know, trusted his instincts, I would say, more so than the chessboard pieces. I think the Lakers win this game. I'm not going to say going away, but they would win this game. I mean, even had Keith Morris, you know, uh, five out of six from the field, two out of three from three-piece land for 12 points. You know, so, uh, you know, he contributed as well. But a guy like KCP, man, he hasn't played well since, I would say, the 15th, 16th game, uh, you know, at the halfway point uh, during this uh, first half before the All-Star break. He hasn't played well at all, you know, in my opinion. He's had stretches here or there, but at the beginning of the year, man, he was shooting threes like lights out. You know, now he's having games just like he had tonight. Oh, out of five from three-piece land. You know, he only scored four points. You got to do better than that, man. You know, you got you 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 must do better than that. And, you know, Lakers, they didn't even have, uh, you know, Mark Gasol tonight as well, which, which begs the question, does the Lakers need to, after the All-Star break, look for another center? Not necessarily to start ahead of Gasol, but, you know, maybe as a backup. Because uh, when he's out of the lineup, you know, they really don't have, in my opinion, a backup center. You know, you have Damian Jones. But he's just, you know, come in and I think he's on the second of uh, uh, two 10-day contracts or whatever. We'll see how that works out. But the Lakers may have to make a move uh, after the All-Star break, it, either to get another shooter or – to get a backup center. LeBron James in this game, of course, 38 minutes, 16 out of 24 from the field. Three out of eight from three-piece land, 38 points. The guy can only do so much. I've talked about it before about him looking like he had tired legs. Uh, last night he didn't. He carried that team for as far as he could carry them, and the rest of the squad uh, really didn't, you know, maybe with the exception of a, a Schroeder. But he didn't have a great shooting game. He was only 6 out of 17 from the field. Scored 17 points, but um, he didn't he didn't do that well from the field. He just shot a lot of shots. He was 2 out of 5 from 3-piece land. So after the All-Star break, I think the Lakers really need this break more than most teams in the league. You know, they're the defending champions from last year, which means they played more games than, than anyone in the league with the exception of the Miami Heat. And they pretty much need a rest. And uh, the next game is tomorrow night against Sacramento. And we'll see how that game goes uh, against the Kings. All right, L.A. fans, it's time for segment number two where I will talk about the other game tonight featuring the Boston Celtics against your L.A. Clippers in which the Celts 
won this game 117 to 112. Before this game, of course, uh, it was announced that uh, Kawhi Leonard would not be playing uh, because of back spasms. I guess he was out there in warm-ups, didn't feel himself, and so as a precaution, they did not play him uh, because of those back spasms. At first, there was some sort of, um, not secrecy, but uncertainty as to why he wasn't playing. Some may have thought it had to do something to do with the COVID-19, of course, which we're all just tired as hell of this COVID-19 environment that we're in. But it turned out to be back spasms, and it was probably a good thing that he did not play. It's a regular season game. I know it was against Boston. You know, a pretty good matchup. Um, I would have thought that the Clippers would have won this game if Kawhi was in there. But uh, he did not play, meaning other players on the team would have to step up. So uh, before I get into the analysis of this game, let me get the Luke Kennard, uh, my, my diatribe on him out the way again. A goose egg. Five minutes, zero one from the field, goose eggs all across the board, rebounds, assists, steals, blocks, nothing. Zilch, minus six in the plus minus. That's what you get for $64 million. So I'll leave that alone. You would think, you know, since Kawhi wasn't playing and, you know, they need someone to come in there and step up, your $64 million man was not up to the task as usual. So, uh, nothing there for Luke Kennard. Terrence Mann uh, also did not give the Clippers anything with zero points, played 17 minutes, 0 for 2 from the field. Now, again, I'm going to go on my soapbox regarding the point guard situation for the Clippers. Patrick Beverly, 27 minutes, 2 out of 3 from the field. Only scored 8 points, 2 assists, 6 rebounds. I mean, you know, he gave you your his usual defensive effort. He's a bulldog on defense. We know that. But, uh, again, you know, a broken record. They need a point guard. They really, really need a point guard on this team. Now, you may say, well, L.A. Ray, Reggie Jackson, who took the place of Kawhi Leonard in the starting lineup, played 37 minutes, 10 out of 14 from the field, 5 of 6 on three-piece land, scored 25 points, probably his best effort of the season, 7 assists. Pretty not good for Reggie Jackson. But ask yourself this question, Clippers fans. Do you think you're going to get that consistently, even if he was starting every single game? No, you're not. Trust and believe you're not. That was a very good game for Reggie Jackson. Not taking anything away from him, but you're not going to get that consistently from him every night, even if he's in the starting lineup every single game. So, um, again, you know, you need a point guard in there. Reggie Jackson coming off the bench is fine. Or Patrick Beverly starting and another point guard coming off the bench. Reggie Jackson spelling the both of them on occasion. Uh, Paul George is not a point guard. But speaking of Paul George, he had a good game. 12 out of 26 from the field. Only 5 out of 15 from three-point land. Dude was jacking them up, man. He jacked up 15 three-point shots, you know, including one toward the end of the game that he did not make. And, again, the Clippers, they struggle at the end of the games, you know, when they need a bucket. They struggle. And to me, it's, it's because of that need for the point guard. But Paul George scored 32 points in this game. He had a very, very good game, despite being only 5 of 15 from the field. Uh, Nick Batum, uh, 10 points. He had an okay game. He's not playing as well as he played to me early in the season. He played 30 minutes. 
uh, you know, you may have to get more than 10 points from, uh, from Batum. And Ibaka only scores seven in 28 minutes. So, you know, the Clippers were, you know, shorthanded without Kawhi. Understandable. Uh, Marcus Morris Sr. Uh, scored 10 points. Now, he left that game with a uh, concussion uh, early in that game. So let's hope he's, uh, let's hope he's okay. Um, haven't heard any word yet about him, but let's hope uh, Marcus Morris is okay. He suffered a concussion in that game. Lou Williams, only 4 out of 13. You know, he's like a roller coaster this year. He's up, he's down, he's up, he's down. He's like a core screw, upside down, right side up. You never know what you're going to get out of him. And then Zubak, 8 points in 20 minutes. So it was a it was a yeoman's effort by the Clippers, you know, being being undermanned. And uh, Boston just prevailed. They prevailed in the end. Kimba Walker is a guy who's really killing them. And as far as Boston goes, you know, if, if they could get production out of him, consistent production out of Kimba Walker, uh, they'll be they'll threaten the Nets. Uh, for the Eastern Conference final representative in the NBA finals. I picked, and I'm only saying that, of course, because I picked Boston to go to the finals. And, you know, I have to stick by that. You know, if Kimber Walker is healthy and he's playing well, they'll have a chance. Now, Brooklyn Nets are loaded, of course, but they're going to need Kimber Walker to play well for the rest of the year. He scored 25 points, 6 out of 12 from three-piece land. Jalen Brown, 18 points in 34 minutes. He played pretty well. Jason Tatum was only 5 out of 16 from the field. He did not have a very good game at all. Played 40 minutes and only scored 14 points. Yet Boston prevailed uh, 117 to 112. Boston is undefeated this year when they score at least 116 points. So, um, you know, they paid up to their uh, their capabilities. So the Clippers, as far as they're concerned, um, you know, the, the when it comes to the All-Star break, just like all the rest of the teams, you know, get yourself some rest. And, um, you know, going to the break, you know, you have a couple of players that's going to be playing in this game, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard. You know how I feel about the All-Star game. I don't think any NBA player should be participating in this farce of a game. But um, they have to play it. You know, it's all about the money. So go ahead on and play that game and hopefully – come out unscathed as far as you know injuries go the next opponent for the Clippers would be at Washington on uh, Thursday March 4th they're playing the uh, Washington Wizards they should be able to take care of the Wizards hopefully uh, Kawhi Leonard can come back and play in that particular game and then after that you have the all-star break again so the LA Clippers again they're um I I still say they're on course to meet the Lakers in the Western Conference Finals. I've said that at the beginning of the year. I'm going to stick by that. Uh, These two teams will meet up. It'll be the I-5 series. The five, as they call it in SoCal. The five, the Lakers against the Clippers. Two of the top four teams in the entire NBA. Cannot wait to see that. Cannot wait to uh, read the Clipper and Laker Twitter posts going back and forth, the jabs that they have between each other, the vitriol they have against one another. You know, the Lakers say the Clippers suck. They have no history. They don't even need to be playing in L.A. Why don't they play in Seattle or something like that? And then the Clippers will come back and say the Lakers are just, you know, they're Hollywood. They're plastic. They're plastic. You know, they cheated. 
you know, LeBron James, they're just trying to, you know, help him to win a championship. You know, we can't stand the Lakers. We hate the Lakers. Lakers say we hate the Clippers. I love it all. Of course, L.A. Ray, I am an unbiased L.A. fan. So I love to see the vitriol going back and forth, baby. And then when the Western Conference Finals comes along, it's going to be so epic. I'm going to be on this podcast talking about that series, just loving every single minute of it. So let's hope all of the L.A. players on both sides stay healthy. Stay healthy for the rest of the year. A.D. come back healthy. Have a full Lakers squad, a full Clippers squad. And then let's go at it in the Western Conference Finals, baby. Let's go after it. Okay, basketball fans, my third and last segment of today will be on the game that just ended in which the Sacramento Kings defeated the L.A. Lakers 123-120. to And it's kind of hard to, to discern exactly what you can get out of a game like this. Of course, LeBron James uh, did not play. Uh, Coach Frank Fogel was very smart in holding him out in a game such as this. Even though the Lakers lost, I still think it was a good thing to hold him out of this particular game, uh, seeing that he has to play in this ridiculous, ridiculous, that's the adjective I'm using to describe this all-star game that's coming up uh, this weekend that LeBron James will be participating in. Um, and, of course, Anthony Davis still being out. And they fall short to the Kings uh, by three points. Uh, but just looking at some stats here in this particular game, Kyle Kuzma uh, started, of course, played 34 minutes, 25 points for Kuz. Played a pretty good game here, 10 out of 20 from the field, 50%. Can't be mad at that, 4 out of 10 from three-piece land, and uh, 13 rebounds to go along with his 25 points. Dennis Schroeder played a really, really good game, the floor general. For the Lakers, Dennis Schroeder, 11 out of 20, 2 of 4 from 3-piece land, 28 points for Dennis Schroeder, 9 assists too. So uh, the ball was uh, free-flowing when, when, when Schroeder's in a game, not only in this game, but uh, of all the games that the Lakers have played uh, this year, they, and they are 24 and 13, by the way, at the All-Star break. When he's in the game, the ball just moves a little bit more freely for whatever reason. Uh, it's not stagnant as much as if he were not in the game. And um, the Lakers just offense just seems to flow a little bit better when he's in there. 28 points. Uh, KCP, Contagious Caldwell Pope, uh, only 10 points in this game, 29 minutes. They have to get more production out of KCP. It's just all this to it. He's he's not playing up to the level that he was playing at the beginning of the year. Not sure what's going on there. At the beginning of the year, up until like the, the 15, 16, maybe 17 game point, I mean, he was hitting threes all day long. His confidence was like through the roof, you know, hitting those corner threes. 
you know, scoring big time. And now he's only, uh, I'm not sure what he's averaging over these last, say, 16, 17 games or so. But I'm sure it's not to the point where he was averaging in the first half of this season. Uh, and again, he only had 10 points in this game. Four or four from the field, though. Uh, only four shots, you know, especially in a game like this. You don't have LeBron. You don't have AD. You're starting. You're getting started, started minutes. And uh, you only have 10 points of four shots. So not sure why he's so gun shy now. He definitely was not gun shy at the beginning of the year. And they're just going to need more production from him. If the Lakers are to repeat as NBA champions. I don't know what's going to happen after the All-Star break. The Lakers are going to, I would think, have to make some sort of move after the All-Star break, whether it be getting another, say, a sharp shooter. Somebody can just come in the game and just flat out score. Just a, just somebody that can just shoot the rock from the outside. Um because KCP is just right now, to me, is just not getting it done. Or uh, a backup center. Uh, Marcus uh, Gasol is your center. But um, they need another uh, center to uh, come in and back up uh, Gasol, in my opinion. Uh, Dudley did not have any points. Again, I'm not even sure why he's on this team. 14 minutes. Had a nice little steal of uh, Darren Fox. In the second half of this game, that was pretty slick. Uh, seemed like Fox just wasn't looking. And Dudley, like, kind of picked his pocket a little bit. But uh, he doesn't even look like he belongs in the NBA. So I'm not sure why he's on this team, you know, what he brings to the table. Um, McKinney was forced to play. He played okay. He had 11 points. Montrez Harrell, 13 out of 22. He played the best game for the Lakers today. Uh, in my opinion, 13 out of 22, he played 33 minutes, 26 points. Now, as you heard at the beginning of this particular episode where uh, fans were really getting on Vogel for not playing Montrezl Harrell more in the game that the Lakers lost um, on Tuesday uh, to the Phoenix Suns. You know, they had Montrezl Harrell only played, like, I believe, 19 minutes. And, um, I, you know, Wes Matthews, they had him in the game. And, again, he's another guy. Now, I'm not going to say Wes Matthews does not belong in the NBA like Dudley. I guess there's a spot for Wes Matthews. But even in this game, even in this game against the lowly Sacramento Kings, who are 14 and 21, by the way, Wes Matthews played 16 minutes. Less than what he played in the game against Phoenix, 0 for 2. Zero points. Minus 12 when he was on the floor. I mean, really? Wes Matthews, what, what, what is exactly is he bringing to the party? He's one of those guys who get invited to the party, man, and, not, and, and don't bring a gift. You know, he's just coming for the grub, coming to get some food, you know, coming to get some drinks. And, you know, he's not bringing anything. Uh, not 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 sure what's going on with this guy, man. But he he brings nothing to me. I mean, defense. I, you know, I, it's not like a lockdown type guy. You know, his offense. He's not a great shooter. You know, 
can't drive to the basket at will or anything like that. He's not a great shooter. He'll hit a three every now and then or whatever. But to me, he brings nothing. So I'm not I'm not sure why he's on this team. I hate to be, you know, too critical of of guys, but I I just don't see it with him. I just don't see it. It's almost like uh, how critical I am with uh, Luke Kennard of the Clippers. Now, if you're making 64 stacks like Luke Kennard is, now I'm gonna have something to say about that. You know, given the Clippers absolutely zero, Wes Matthews not making that kind of loot. But still, he's an NBA player, and to me, he doesn't give anything. Taylor Horton Tucker, 19 minutes, 9 points. He played okay. One thing about Taylor Horton Tucker, though, that I don't like, it seems to be uh, like a, a ball hog, so to speak. I mean, when he gets, he gets the ball in his hands, man. He, he, he has it in his mind. He's going to go to the basket or whatever he's going to do with it. He puts his head down, and he's, he's like a freight train, man. He goes. But he's a young player. He's a young player. He's going to learn. And I think he's going to be, you know, a nice asset for the Lakers moving forward. That Sacramento team, again, they're only 14 and, and 21. Um, but looking at some of the players, they, I mean, they have some pretty good players. Buddy Hill, man, he's a sharpshooter. Man, that dude was 11 out of 15 from the field. 7 out of 11 for three-piece land for 29 points, man. He was jacking it up. He can That, that kid can shoot, man. He can shoot that ball. Darren Fox. Uh, 9 out of 18, 23 points. He's very, very good as well. Holmes has 16. Harrison Barnes. Talk about a, a forgotten guy. Harrison Barnes, man, 20 points. Marvin Bagley, third, 14. Their starters played pretty well. They have like zero bench, though. Uh, but they beat the Lakers. You know, they won the game. They beat the defending champs. So where do the Lakers go from here? It's, it's good that this this half of the season is over because this team just seems like they are very, very tired. Again, they've played more games than um, any other team in the league uh, other than the Miami Heat, say like in the last year, uh, because both of those teams made it to the NBA Finals, of course. The Lakers have lost like six out of their last eight games. So they have hobbled into the all-star break, you know, not playing well, not playing well. They desperately need Anthony Davis back in this lineup, desperately need him back. And again, they're going to need some, uh, another shooter on this team. They have to make some sort of move. They can't go, uh, in the second half of the season for the rest of the season with the exact same lineup. Uh, uh, I don't think that's going to work. I don't think that's going to work. You know, they, they, in my opinion, will not beat, the Clippers, with the exact same lineup. You know, if you make a move or two, uh, then yes, it's possible. I mean, same thing with the Clippers. They, they 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 need to make a move or two as well. But the Lakers definitely have to make a move at least, you know, to get some help on this team. And, of course, they have to, uh, they have to stay healthy. The only two games that they won in these last eight was against Portland and against Golden State. Uh, Sacramento, of course, not a good team. Uh, they lost there. They lost to Washington in overtime, 127-124. And, of course, they lost to Miami, and then they lost to Brooklyn. So, you know, my advice to the to the late show, you know, go home. Get some home cooking. You know, get yourself healthy. Get your mind right. 
you know, rest your body, and then come back in the second half and get ready for the grind, baby. That's what it's all about. This is the NBA. You know, this ain't kitty games, man. This ain't high school. It's not college. You know, you guys did it last year, so if you want to do it again, you have to go home and get your mind right, come back in the second half, and then show the world, you know, why you're world champions. And I think the Lakers will do well if they, again, if they make a move or two uh, to solidify this roster. I think they'll be there in the end. Again, as I've always mentioned on this podcast, this is a Lakers versus Clippers podcast where I am saying uh, or predicting that those two teams will be in the Western Conference Finals, baby. The two L.A. teams, the I-5 series, the five as they call them in SoCal, both playing in the Staples Center. They will meet in the Western Conference Finals. Wouldn't that be juicy? Wouldn't that be juicy? Twitter would just be lighting up. Darts going back and forth between both fan bases. Can't wait for that, baby. And with that, fans, I'm going to leave it there. I'd like to thank the Basketball Podcast Network again. But most of all, I'd like to thank all of you fans for listening. And until the next episode, baby, make sure everybody stays masked up. Keep six feet social distance from your neighbor. And also make sure you wash your hands thoroughly, baby. Let's get rid of this COVID-19 together as a unit, as a team, as a country. And with that, sports fans, peace.